Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area, and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seed's website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. I'm having some fun talking to Jeannie Chilson from Chilson Motors. And we're talking Ram trucks. And there's an awful lot of pride that goes with the Ram truck owners and the technology and the creators of those Ram trucks. And they have a lot to offer. Absolutely. Ram offers anywhere from a 1500 series all the way up to a 5500 series. So whether you're just towing something around town or you need us to customize it for your business or for your work, we have the Ram experts to do so. Ram trucks are so versatile. You can find them working hard to a night out on the town and they fit right in where wherever they go. Absolutely. Ram has worked very hard to create an interior on their trucks that is really a luxury vehicle in a truck. Excellent layout of seating, appointments, and they have really worked hard on the detail of their trucks to give owners a really comfortable, well-appointed driving experience. Ram really looks out for their customers by creating great value in their truck. Absolutely. Ram offers so many different engine options as well, too, from the diesel to the classic V8 Hemi to the new TRX, which has a lot of horsepower. How can we find out more about Ram trucks? You can visit either of our two showrooms, Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Highway 53 in Chippewa Falls or Chilson's Corner Motors in Cadott at the corner of Highway X and Highway 27. Or you can visit us on the web at chilson.com. Remember, let our family take care of your family. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Wednesday morning at Wax. Good morning at the shank of the day. It's chore time. Bob and Joe with you for the chores here on Wax as we uh, move into June Dairy Month a little bit further. What do we got in the news this morning, Joe? Well, we're going to talk about the planting progress. And we're going to talk about the Mexican officials and say, you know, it's that whole corn deal about not taking the GMO corn from us. Yeah, that's a, that's a sore spot. And, of course, our corn exports are way down. How much is uh, that? Brazilian crop is coming on. So uh, these are important hearings that we will have. And uh, what else? Well, those milk prices, they are low and falling. And when I came in this morning... That gas price was up 17 cents from yesterday. Yes, I'm glad you mentioned that because, again, I checked the oil price. I, yeah, I couldn't believe the gas price went from, what, 337 to 355 or something like that? 354, yep. Yeah. July went down 27 cents, so oil is now at 71.80. It went up. It had to go up because the uh, Saudis said that they're going to keep production where it is and maybe later on drop their production by a million or a billion barrels a day. I don't know what it is, but, you know, they're they're raising that price on the comb, not on what's going on out there. So, again, frustration over these gas, at least for me, over these gas prices. I just think we're getting gouged. But anyway, July crude oil went down 27 cents yesterday. Weather, nothing's coming down out of the sky, that is, around here. I saw a little rain yesterday, went down to uh, the site of Farm Technology Days down at the Badger Steam and Gas Engine Club, which is uh, just outside of Baraboo. 
and uh, had media day yesterday. A little different site. It's not on a farm this year. It's on uh, that site, but uh, they got some neat things planned, and it looks like it's going to be a very good show. There will be tours to some farms around the area, and uh, some things have uh, changed a little bit as they get ready for July 18th through the 20th down there at Baraboo. Going from our area down the interstate, it's easy, to, real easy to get to, and we'll talk about this as it goes along. Just uh, down to that uh, Dell's exit where the outlet malls are, that exit 92, go to Highway 12, which is right there. That's the exit. Uh, you get off and you're on Highway 12 and go to Highway 33 to Reedsburg and go down, I don't know, half mile, three-quarters of a mile, and there it is. So easy to get to. But that's Farm Tech Days. That'll come up in July, the 18th through the 20th. And I'm telling you what, it was cold down there yesterday. I left here. It was nice, and people were diving for sweatshirts when we got down there. A little rain was falling, and uh, it was kind of a cool day, but nobody was complaining about uh, some of the moisture falling down there. So lots of things to talk about this morning as we go along. Again, June Dairy Month continues. We've got uh, dairy breakfast, finding all kinds of new dairy breakfasts. They're not new, but uh, again, uh, scanning the social media and everything else to find it. So we'll pass along all that. And again, we want to say thank you to the folks that are sponsoring our June Dairy Month efforts here at WAX, including Marika Cheese and the House of Gouda here in Eau Claire, Ag Country Farm Credit Services, also the Wisconsin Farmers Union, Security Financial Bank, Tractor Central, Bluff Country Feed and Seed, the Alliance Bank, Arcadia Farm and Home, Stockman's Farm Supply and Osseo, Colby Chrysler, Anybody I missed? Nope, you got the whole list that I got. All right, so, and again, Jill's got the whole list of the dairy breakfast, and don't forget the Chippewa Dairy Supper is coming up. That will be on the, uh, I believe it's the 21st of June. Tickets are available now for farmers in Chippewa County. Go to the Chamber of Commerce office or call them and tell them you want some tickets, and they're free to the farmers in Chippewa County for the uh, supper. I think it's, boy, going on... 49 years or something like that. It's been around a while. So still, lots going on. It's June Dairy Month, and it's still dry. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And a quick check of our Skywarn 13 weather forecast brought to you by the Chilson Automotive Group. They've got a great selection of new Jeeps at ChilsonMotors.com. So take a look. Partly sunny today. We're going to have that haze again this morning, but uh, not as bad as yesterday. And it was hazy yesterday, that's for sure. High today, going to be about 79. Partly sunny tomorrow and 79. Now, Friday, there is a slight chance of rain. And into Saturday, again, a slight chance of rain. Doesn't look like any area-wide coverage, but uh, some folks will be lucky enough to see some rain. Should be right around 80, low 80s on Friday and Saturday. Cooling off a little on Sunday, about 75 and partly sunny. And then 79 next Monday. And uh, looking out that extended forecast for a week or 10 days, not a real good chance of rain. On Wednesday night, there will be no Farm Tech Fest this year down at the show at the Badger Steam and Gas Engine Club outside of Baraboo. So no Farm Tech Fest this year. That's too bad. That was fun last year. But a minute or two after 5 o'clock, this is 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire, Morning News. 
NBC News Radio. I'm Trey Thomas. Millions of people across the eastern United States are dealing with poor air quality as smoke from wildfires in Canada has drifted over part of the country. From Boston to New York City, you can barely make out the skyline. Coughing, chest is tight, eyes blacking up. Over 400 fires were burning in Canada as of Tuesday night. At least two people are dead after a shooting that followed a high school graduation in Virginia. Mark Mayfield has the story. It happened Tuesday near the campus of Virginia Commonwealth University in Richmond. Police say seven people suffered gunshot wounds. Several others were injured in the panic that followed, including a nine-year-old who was struck by a car. Two people were taken into custody, but police say they believe one of the suspects was not involved in the shooting. Authorities plan to seek murder charges against a 19-year-old suspect. An organization representing survivors and families of victims of the 9-11 terrorist attacks is speaking out about the PGA Tour merging with Live Golf. Lisa Taylor has more. 9-11 Families United says it's shocked and deeply offended by the PGA's merger with the Saudi-backed Live Golf. The organization's chair, Terry Strada, lashed out at PGA Commissioner Jay Monahan, claiming he co-opted the 9-11 community last year when he spoke out against Live Golf. He continued saying Monaghan and the PGA have now taken billions of dollars to cleanse the Saudi reputation. Strata went on to say PGA Tour leaders should be ashamed of their hypocrisy and greed. A Missouri death row inmate has been executed after Governor Mike Parsons denied him clemency. Michael Tissius was in prison for killing two guards when he was a teen in a failed attempt to free someone he knew from a county jail. You're listening to NBC News Radio. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Again, not a lot of rain in our weather forecast as we uh, check that information from Skywarn 13 Weather. Brought to you by the folks at Chilson Automotive Group. Check out the great selection of new Rams right now at ChilsonMotors.com. Again, partly sunny today. That hazel hang around as you heard the weather uh, report in the national news about the condition of the uh, air quality. Not good out east and uh, could be better around here too. But partly sunny today, 70, a little hazy for a while. Tomorrow, partly sunny, high of 79, should be 80s Friday and Saturday. Chance of some, a slight chance of rain on Friday into Saturday. We'll see if that develops any place. And then in the 70s on Sunday and Monday, right now it's 62 in Rice Lake. 53 in Medford and Wausau, 57 in Marshfield and Milwaukee, 66 in La Crosse, 48, a cool 48 over in Green Bay, Madison Sun Prairie at about 56 this morning, and a very pleasant 64 in our area right now. And as we said earlier, down at Farm Technology Day's site for this year, down around Baraboo, it was cool yesterday, but they got a little rain, so they trumped us. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Yeah, it's about eight minutes after five o'clock. Rural Mutual Insurance bringing us our markets. And uh, Jill, what do they look like in the livestock side? Well, those choice-fed beef steers are 177 to 190 with mixed at 115 to 176. Choice-fed beef heifers are 178 to 193 with mixed at 114 to 176. Choice-fed Holstein steers are 150 to 164 with select and silage-fed steers 106 to 149. Cows are 85 to 109 with a top of 108. Bulls are 93 to 126 
Butcher hogs are 33 to 85, with sows at 17 to 20, and boars at 8 to 11. New crop market lambs are 130 to 166. Old crop market lambs are 125 to 160. Feeder lambs are 75 to 185, with ewes at 35 to 155. Small goats are 15 to 160. Medium goats are 35 to 300. Large goats are 50 to $490. And nanny goats are 10 to $270. And at the Mercantile Exchange, livestock futures were higher across the board yesterday. June live cattle, 179.82, closing up 267. August at 175.50, up 222. October cattle, 178.25, up 192. December, 181.25, up 165. Feeder cattle for August, 243.25, up 65. September up 90 at 246.52. October feeders closed 248.82, up 117. November at 249.95, that was $1.45 better. And January up 147 at 249.20. Hogs higher too. June 88.30, up 297. July at 88.32, up 417. August eighty four fifty that was up two eighty seven and October hogs seventy seven eighty five that was up a dollar fifty two and taking a look at the board of trade uh, it was mixed yesterday concern about uh, the weather where is it raining and where is it not also those crop ratings which we'll talk about here in a little while overnight it was mixed on the board of trade December corn was down a fraction sitting at five forty oats up two to three cents at three fifty three. July wheat up seven at six sixty five overnight. November soybeans down a fraction eleven eighty four. Meal unchanged for December at three hundred and sixty eight dollars a ton. Barrel cheese up one and three quarters one fifty six and three quarters. Block cheese up three to a dollar forty six. Butter down two and a half at two thirty seven and three quarters. Class three prices were higher. June up a nickel at fifteen twenty four. July up thirty two at sixteen twenty nine. August up thirty at seventeen seventeen. September up 13 at 17.87. October also up 13 at 18.33 as prices were higher through December. And again, the markets brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. 11 minutes after 5, 64 degrees, about 79 today, partly sunny, but still going to have some of that haze hanging around. It's Wednesday morning, and it's time for our ProVision Partners program. I've got Brad Matson, lead agronomist at ProVision Partners. Now our seeds are in the ground. Most of them are popping right out and growing, but we've got some dry weather to deal with around. What are we seeing with the herbicide performance out there? Well, Joe, it's uh, you know we've had some spotty showers. We've been you know we've got weeds coming up. This temperature has really brought them on. So it's really going to be really critical right now to be scouting your fields because it's not a question of if if you didn't get any rain you're probably going to have weed escapes these weeds keep growing the chemicals aren't activated they're laying on top uh, so you're going to want to make sure you stay on top of that because and, and see if it can pull those chemical herbicides can pull those weeds back down or if you're going to have to do some type of rescue treatment and you don't want to get caught off guard and, and especially this year with it dry uh, those weeds will um, be stealing some moisture away from these corn plants and soybean plants. So uh, staying on top of that is going to be really critical. We've also seen with these temperatures, um, water hemp has really had a schedule. I've seen some three, four inch tall water hemp already this year. So again, keeping an eye on that so it doesn't get too tall where you can't even pull that back down again. So um, working with your agronomist, walking your fields yourself, 
staying on top of that is going to be really critical in managing through this uh, dry spell on herbicide performance. And when we put that herbicides on, how long generally will it last on the top of the ground without rain before we have to redo it again? question gets to be there is some herbicides that will degrade by photo decomposition, so the sunlight will actually break them down. We don't use a lot of those right now, but, you know, there's going to be some of that going on. The biggest factor is that it's not into the soil where a lot of these herbicide products are a root and shoot inhibitors, so they have to be in the soil to be absorbed uh, by the weeds in order to take it up. So it's just like they just kind of grow through it. There's not a, uh, not enough absorption. Uh, you know, to to pull these back. Sometimes you do, you know, even a, some heavy dews of, I've seen where that's even helped. But we've had spotty rain, so, you know, typically most labels are going to tell you if you don't receive a rainfall in, in seven days, you're supposed to incorporate with a rotary hole uh, with no-till and the cover crops. That doesn't really work that well anymore, so we're going to have to look at, you know, different ways of managing that. So, Getting it incorporated, getting a tenth or half an inch of rain is the best way to uh, incorporate these herbicides, what we typically rely on. And But this year, that's not working too good with the with what Mother Nature's throwing at us. We're still walking out in our cornfields, and you brought up side-dressing corn. Tell me how that's going this year. Well, the corn is really stretching. Uh, we're just getting, we're getting some orders in for the end of the week, first part of next week. We're already starting to put our last application of nitrogen on you want to be early enough uh, depending on how much you put down um, pre-plant in order to have a tough time to uh, for that to break down and um, and metabolize so it's in a form available to the uh, corn plants so that's just starting to get swing swinging into gear and but you know just if we ever get a shot of rain here shortly, that corn will really stretch. So you can be ahead of the game to behind the game really, really quickly at this time of year. So, again, watching that crop, you know, trying to stay ahead of it is the best way to manage it. So we're out in our cornfield, we're out in our hay fields, and we're really checking things out, and it is really dry out there. What are some of those long-term effects that are going to be having from the dry weather. If you can get the weeds under control so they're not stealing moisture for you, this dry weather, at this point, the crops aren't taking a lot of water up themselves. So it's actually forcing some deeper rooting. So this could be a blessing to save us if we hit a dry spell during the uh, summer months. So we're putting down roots. There's a lot of moisture down deep. You know, haven't seen a lot of stress crops, even on the lighter sand. Uh, They're starting to get a little tighter, but... uh, um, they're still doing well, and, uh, you know, uh, hopefully Mother Nature changes this weather pattern pretty soon so we can get some, um, well, we needed moisture as we move forward. Another thing we're going to have to watch is these hay fields. You know, most of the first crop is off now. Uh, typically, this dry weather will bring on a lot of pests and stuff, so stay ahead scouting those hay fields and stuff for um, different types of warm weather, dry type of pests, the potato leaf hoppers, those types of things. Sounds to me like a lot of steps going to be made out in those fields. That's for sure. And that was Brad Matson, lead agronomist at ProVision Partners, and I'm Jill Welke. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And uh, thanks, Brad. Always good to get an update from Brad as he's out in those fields on our ProVision Partners program. And, uh, well, how the crop's doing as far as planting is concerned. We'll look at some of our farm news next on Wax. 
All right, Jill, how do the crops look as far as getting in the ground? Well, those planters are rapidly heading back to the sheds after another spring planting season is about over. According to this week's crop progress report, farmers around the country now have 96% of their corn planted ahead of both last year and the five-year average. That report also shows that 85% of the plants have emerged, again, well ahead of last year and the five-year average. The soybean story is about the same as 91% of the beans are now in, 15% ahead of both last year and the five-year average. And 74% of the soybeans are rowing, a jump of almost 20% ahead of the five-year average. For corn, the early crop is rated 64% in good to excellent condition, with soybeans at 62%. Here in Wisconsin, farmers are about finished as they have 97% of the corn and 94% of their soybeans planted. That progress for both crops is ahead of both last year and the five-year average. State farmers also report they have 97% of their oats seeded, 97% of their potatoes planted, and 63% of their first crop hay made. The biggest challenge is the moisture. As this week's report shows, topsoil moisture is rated just 36% adequate to surplus, 42% short, and 22% very short, with all areas of the state needing rain. It's been a long time since we've seen a topsoil moisture report like that, so we do, do need some rain. We'll have more farm news coming up. In fact, uh, coming up, we're going to talk about uh, some changes in weather, at least reporting it, some new weather stations coming to the state. We'll hear all about that next, right here on Wax. Again, about 64 degrees now, 79, partly sunny, hazy again today, at least for a period of time. So again, uh, not going to be overly hot, but uh, maybe that haze still hanging around. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Weather, it is on the minds of many folks in the state of Wisconsin from dawn until dusk, especially if it gives you anxiety. Not enough rain, for example, cooler than expected temperatures, or heaven knows, severe weather on the horizon. Well, the state of Wisconsin, specifically the College of Ag and Life Sciences, is taking a look at trying to arm you with a little bit more real-time information when it comes to weather. In studio with me now is Chris Kashark. He is the professor and agronomy department chair. He's also the fellow that has taken on an interesting project trying to create a little bit more reliable ag weather network for the state. Chris, let's talk about the history of this effort. I mean, we were reminiscing about previous iterations of ag weather forecasting and ag weather documentation we've had in Wisconsin, going back to when grave diggers were sending in information about frost depths. Well, technology has advanced quite a little bit. Tell us a little bit about what has existed for ag weather forecasting, and what uh, where we stand today. Yeah, thanks, Pam. Um, yeah, so going back, we can go back decades to other states around the country. Um, the idea of automated weather networks has been around for probably 30 or 40 years now. Um, and even Wisconsin had an automated network back in the, the mid-'90s. Bill Bland, a professor in soil science, had a, a network of a, a dozen or so stations around the state, um, collecting, you know, near real time, you know, information, temperature, soil moisture, wind, solar radiation, sunlight, things like that. Um, at that time, it was dial up, dial up with modems and, you know, the whole, the sound in the background that everybody remembers. Um, 
And it wasn't as easy as it is today. Um, today, with, with satellites and sort of clouds and where information can be stored, the technology is really advanced to the point that it's much easier for states to develop these types of networks um, if you can find you know, the funding and, and the resources to do so. Um, and we, we looked at a couple of our states uh, in the U.S., Oklahoma, has a really great um, mesonet that was started back in the early 90s uh, to help with extreme weather and severe weather tornadoes and help with warnings and uh, to alert people on that. Uh, New York's another example. Uh, the network there was uh, born uh, after Hurricane Sandy had gone through. And um, But uh, there's a lot of that information that um, we feel is, is missing in the state, and Wisconsin has sort of been a, a gap, you know, in sort of you look across the country in terms of information to be provided or could be provided to farmers. As we sit here today, what does Wisconsin have? Yeah. So right now, you know, the whole idea of, you know, what's a what's a mesonet and maybe I could define that, you know, really quickly and how that's different than the other observations people might see or hear on TV or radio or on the Internet. It's just a it's a density of stations that's a bit, you know, more clustered. You know, we're talking about tens of miles apart and then that information is typically available on the order of minutes almost you know near real time and we're pushing towards five minute uh type of updates um so right now the state has 14 stations there's a cluster up in the door county area that's been helping with the cherry apple you know sort of industry there um we have stations at uh, hancock and arlington which are remnants of the going back to the late 80s when that original network was started by Bill Bland. Um, and then four of our other ag research stations around the state affiliated with the UW, uh, that's uh, Lancaster, Marshfield, uh, Rhinelander, and Spooner um, also have uh, stations. So those right now, though, are available through a website through Michigan State, um, who's uh, a partner in all this. They have, an, uh, they have their own mesonet of like 80 to 90 stations. And um, when I approached them a few years ago, I said, hey, we had this retirement of someone who was sort of, you know, overseeing, you know, this network. We only have a few stations. Would you mind maybe incorporating those, you know, at a small cost, you know, to your network? And that's kind of where things sit here. So we're trying to migrate that over entirely to Badger Red and, you know, get rid of the Spartans and all that. No offense. They've been great collaborators. But, um, you know, we're building it. We want to build our own network and then build that out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell me about this technology. What can it do? How expensive is it? I mean, you know, uh, far cry from, from some of the weather stations that the audience is probably most familiar with that kind of sit on your desk or hang on a wall. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit different. They me- measure kind of the same things, but the... The price differential is quite significant, you know, I mean, and and this is, it's great. If you've got a weather station out there at home and you're listening and um, you've only paid a few hundred dollars for it, that's great because that technology is also advanced and it's making, you know, the, the general measurements we were talking about, temperature and precip and probably some wind speed and maybe barometric pressure and then something to do with humidity or dew point, you know, in terms of the moisture. Um these stations we're putting out are more, I would say, research grade, and their cost is roughly about ten thousand dollars per station. So, it is quite costly. But what that gets you is state of the art, reliable, um, world meteorological organization grade like quality, and that's you know the Weather Service desires that. 
Um, the National Mesonet Program desires that through being a part of that program eventually we'll actually be able to be paid for collecting that data by the federal government. So that's just um, part of the you know nature of the beast, I guess. If you you know you, we want that long term, long you know really high quality data that people can rely on, and um, and that information that those stations. Um, gets beamed up through satellite to a cloud and then through the website that, that we're developing, we're, we're pulling that data down, distilling it and making it available to anyone, you know, through that website. If you're just joining us, this is Chris Kosharik. He is the professor in the agronomy department. He also is currently holding the chair, and he is telling us about a new mesonet that Wisconsin is going to be uh, expanding with uh, additional 90 automated weather stations that they want to populate across the state of Wisconsin. We talked earlier about what exists, Chris. So what is your uh, rationale? What is the, the plan for those potential 90 newer stations and their clusters, or what are you thinking? Yeah, so you know, I might think of being as being really smart and having this grand idea, but honestly, the starting point is we've got fourteen. We want at least one in each county. I mean, that would be great, you know, to have equal representation and sort of equal spacing, um, you know, and that that gets us close to that that ninety number, but. We also want to be thinking about some of the regions of the state that are important to to agriculture. I mean, almost you know, large part of the state is, but the Central Sands region is one example. Potato and vegetable growers probably have a higher density of stations there to help them out. Our cranberry growing regions, uh, we've already been talking to those folks about you know increasing the number of stations there. Um, when it comes to other strange not strange things but like climates and you know like along the lake and lake effect and maybe putting a few more stations in a higher density along the shore of lake michigan on the eastern part of the state um but that as a, you know sort of gets people an idea of roughly what that layout might look like now where they go in each county is up for debate a little bit there's a, a science reason for equal spacing in that but then it depends on well where might there be public land um we're also you know reaching out to tribal nations and trying to for those that are doing have farms and agriculture we want them to be a part of it too um where might the DNR you know more, there might be public land that we can site these stations on or maybe it's uh, a private landowner farmer that wants to enter into something long term you know with us and and have a station sited right on the farm. So we're all working through that right now, but we have that that number and that goal in mind. And, and by the time uh, we're talking about this in four years again, hopefully we'll be there. Yeah. Right. And hopefully they will be there. Sounds interesting, doesn't it? Chris Kaharik, Department Chair in Agronomy at the College of Agriculture and Life Sciences down in Madison, putting up what is 90 new weather stations across the state, uh, at least one in each county. Be interesting to follow. Also interesting to follow the markets, and we'll see how they're doing so far. It's Wednesday already. Rocky's going to be with us from over at Premier Livestock. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, prices for some of that stuff we produce on the farm going up. Uh, cattle, specifically. Let's find out how much. Rocky's with us from over at Premier Livestock in the Withy area. And uh, this is kind of a sustained rise in these prices. Been going on for a few weeks, Rocky. Yeah, it's uh, been pretty impressive run here. There's no doubt about it, and they keep claiming a little higher. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. How high did they go yesterday? Uh, 
Uh, thank you, Bob. Uh, we'll tell you about that. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, yesterday, that was our special feeder cattle auction. Uh, we also sold bred beef cows, cow-calf pairs, and beef breeding bulls. We sold 785 head of feeder cattle. Uh, market was on fire yesterday, guys. Extremely aggressive trade. Uh, most of the new crop beef calves were 185 to 265 per pound. We sold some lightweight beef feeders uh, from 270 to 350 per pound. Most of the Holstein steers a dollar thirty to a dollar eighty five we sold some lightweight holsteins up to two thirty five bred beef cows so mostly from fourteen hundred to two thousand we had some select individuals up to twenty four hundred uh, we had some cow calf pairs up to twenty eight hundred beef breeding bulls sold up to twenty three hundred next special feeder cattle auction will be june twentieth very important you call us let us know what you're bringing for that next special so we can get them advertised today wednesday uh, 9.30 a.m. we'll have our hay auction. Uh, 11 o'clock a.m. we'll have our dairy cattle auction. We'll have three herds of tie stall cows. we got an 80 cow, uh, 45, and a 35 cow herd. About all them herds going to be over 30 years of AI breeding. Uh, we also have several big loads of top fresh parlor freestall cows, some of them being registered. Uh, we also have a nice group of 25 fresh crossbred cows, uh, predominantly Jersey cross uh, and uh, Swedish red crosses. Uh, mostly two and three year olds, all just fresh. Uh, nice run of spring and heifers, including a group with uh, dams production records from 30 to 35,000. Uh, nice run of breeding bulls. We got Holsteins, Red Holsteins, uh, Jerseys, and Linebacks, uh, plus lots more. All the details at Premier Livestock and Auctions.com. Questions, call us anytime. 715 229 2500. Auction reminder June 16th, large farm machinery auction. Guys, it's going to be a big one three rings all day uh we are full we're not accepting consignments we uh, give us about 10 days we'll have our next sale in august uh just to give you a little idea on the size guys there's over 70 tractors in the lot and uh, we got forage harvest tillage equipment uh we got a nice run of heavy trucks we got lots and lots of skidsters on the sale as well pre-bidding is open um like i say it's not going to all be online matter of fact we got a whole uh, shop uh that we have from down the road we got all their equipment but lots of shop supplies that'll sell offline about everything you could possibly think of there check it out at equipmentfacts.com uh, once again uh you can go to our website and get on that link to check into that and a uh, reminder if you bid on something one time online that will hold your place and it'll let you know when that's coming up in the sale order so it's coming up right away june 16th uh, once again any questions call 715-229-2500 and that's how it's shaped up bob busy place over there at premier rock been pretty busy. I guess so. so. Well, we'll let you uh, go have some breakfast and go to work. Talk to you later. Hey, thanks a lot. There he goes. That's Rocky over at Premier Livestock in the Withier. Again, that big machinery sale, June 16th. That's a Friday. It's going to rain on June 16th. I don't know. Let's find out. Mike Dandria joins us, brought to you by Christensen Sales of Abbotsford. Well, Mike, we got to get any rain by the 16th of June. Well, that's the the hope. I mean, we have a couple spotty chances here and there, but as far as going all the way out to the 16th, it's kind of hard to tell for in a little bit more than a week out uh, if we will or not. But, yeah, our hope is to get some in the short term. Not quite expecting any today, as we'll have those clouds that we have now. Those will eventually clear out and give way to more sunshine through the afternoon. Upper 70s and low 80s for our highs. 
More sunshine for tomorrow, upper 70s once again. Now, Friday afternoon is when we could have just a few chances at some showers and storms as some clouds will start to roll in uh, later on into the afternoon after starting off with some sunshine. Highs into the low 80s. Now, Saturday, another chance at some showers and storms into the afternoon. But once again, these will be very sparse chances and then drying out yet again to start next week with mid-70s for Sunday, low 80s on Monday and warming up next week and mid-80s on Tuesday still with a good bit of sunshine. So unfortunately, throughout this forecast period, doesn't really look like we'll be getting much rain, but we're starting off with some cloud cover and a temperature of 63 degrees in Eau Claire. Yeah, temperatures are nice. You're getting better, cooling off a little bit, but uh, yeah, we can use the rain. Around. Yeah, it really is. All right, sir. We'll keep looking to Mother Nature to help us out. We'll <laughs> talk to you later. You bet, Bob. Have a good one. There he goes. It's Mike Dandry over at Skywarn Thirteen as we look at our weather on whack. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over thirty-five years. Wax one hundred four point five and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, we've got markets coming up, but we want to get to more news right now. Morgan McCarthy is in the newsroom this morning. Good morning, Morgan. Hey, good morning, guys. This is Hayes bothering your throat. I've had a cough since uh, about March or April, and I think it says, hey, you, you're tough. You don't, this doesn't bother you, does it? I grew up with Norwegian Methodist <laughs> parents. The last thing I got was sympathy in my home. So okay. uh, I grew up with the walk it off or my uh, great grandma's favorite phrase, it could always be worse. Well, that's a good phrase. That is for sure. Well, I guess it always could be worse, but uh, I don't know. I so, tell you, though, we were sitting at the ball field last night in yeah. Clear Lake, and my sister Clear has... Clear Lake? I know. These these girls travel, right? They were putting on, uh, putting on lines, but it was a little hazy in Clear Lake. My sister has allergies, and she said the same thing, but her eyes have been itching so bad. Yeah, my eyes she are said, so. a little tickle in my throat all the time. Yeah, yeah, I think, and it does have to do with that air quality, and that's something we'll get into a little bit more here as well, but first, those headlines begin us in Dunn County today. Good morning. Uh, here's what we're learning today. It was June 6th that a call came in just about uh, a little before 3.30 in the morning of a home invader. And the uh, sheriff's office there dispatched to a home on the 5100 block of County Highway C. They did find a female that had forced entry into a home. The homeowners were able to subdue her until sheriff's deputies arrived and took her into custody. She's now being held facing multiple charges. That case under investigation. Meanwhile, in the courts, the last of the two young women in the Slenderman case wants to be released from the mental hospital. Morgan Geyser in court in Waukesha this week, and she was sentenced to 40 years in a mental hospital after being convicted for the 2014 stabbing attack that nearly killed one of her friends. She was just 12 years old at the time. The other young woman in the case, Anissa Woyer, was released in 2021. A judge did turn down Geyser's first request for release last year. Well, it'll be some shakeup for people that are losing a job. This time it's errands. And second, third, and weekend shift workers at the errands plant in Brilliant are losing jobs. The company announcing a wave of layoffs yesterday. They say they're rebalancing workforce. No exact numbers, but workers say it might be hundreds of people. As of now, errands encouraging some of those workers to apply for open first shift jobs. Their last day tomorrow. When it comes to Wisconsin, a lot of us have that scony pride, but turns out it's not just us who like being here. Tourism numbers were way up. In fact, it was a record-breaking year for tourism here in the Dairyland. Governor Tony Evers announcing new numbers that show 11 million people visited our state. What does that leave behind? Well, more than $24 billion of economic impact, and locally, Chippewa getting a boost as well. You can see more about these numbers online when you travel to 715newsroom.com. And as long as we're vacationing, we'll take it to the West Coast. 
Coast. This time we go to a store in San Francisco. They have this classical music blaring over a speaker in the parking lot. And neighbors, they're not happy. Mark Mayfield going to tell us more about what It's being used to deter loitering, but it's also annoying the neighbors and keeping them up at night. There have been a multitude of complaints made to the store's landlord, but the music stayed at full volume. An official with the Department of Emergency Management says he's heard of classical music being used as a deterrent, and he finds it soothing. Finally, the store manager did respond to complaints and turned the music down yesterday morning, allowing residents to catch up on some much-needed sleep. I'm Mark Mayfield. But, of course, if you're uh, planting and getting first crop in, there's no such thing as sleep. We don't need music. We need music. And we take that back <laughs> to the barn with Bob Bosel, Jill Welke, and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. Oh, they could be playing Norwegian music. Oh, yeah. Like the Ufta? Yeah. The, the Ufta band? Ufta, Ufta. Ufta. And the, the music that Ludafisk makes if, you, you, if you make yeah, the mistake yeah, of eating right. it, right? Oh, boy, I guess so. Well, don't do that. <laughs> I never have. I, I'm a Lefsa girl. That a girl. We'll talk to you later. It's a date. All right. And her mother makes delicious Lefsa as well. All right. We've got uh, markets, calendar. We're not done yet. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Those solar panels have been making energy around here for the last couple of weeks, that's for sure. Well, we've got uh, more stuff coming up, including the markets. But, Jill, U.S. and Mexico are still trying to resolve an issue. Yeah, and because Mexican officials still say they are not accepting any genetically modified corn from the U.S., our U.S. trade ambassador has filed for dispute settlement consultations over the site over the issue through the U.S. Mexico Canada Free Trade Agreement. Now, a group of experts will hear arguments from both sides before deciding if Mexico's actions are legal or in violation of the agreement. U.S. officials say Mexico Mexico's decision is not based on sound science. And how long that will take or when it will get chaired, uh, we don't know, that dispute panel. But uh, again, U.S. going after them. And our corn exports uh, need all the help they can get because uh, they're way down for this marketing year. Almost a quarter to six, a lot of breakfast coming up, a lot of markets to talk about as well. For those who work in acres... Not an hour. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, last weekend we got uh, our taste of dairy breakfast around the area, but Jill, we got a bunch more coming up. Yes, we do. Starting on Friday, Spencer's having their dairy breakfast on at the Spencer Village Park from 5 to 10, and that's sponsored by the Spencer Chamber of Commerce. Now on Saturday, there's the Pepperin County Dairy Breakfast serving from 6.30 to 11 at Churchville Dairy, Church View Dairy, off of County Road V in Durand. And the Pittsville FFA and FFA alumni is having their breakfast from 7 to 11 at Butch Gardeners on Cranberry Lane in Pittsville. Portage County Dairy Palooza is having uh, food at from 11 till 2 at the Feltz's Dairy Store in Stevens Point. And we've got the Tremplow County Dairy Breakfast on Saturday, serving from 6 to 11 at the Jerzyk Homestead Dairy uh, off of County Road G in Dodge. Then on Sunday, we've got the Nielsville Dairy Breakfast. That's at the fairgrounds. They're serving from 7 till noon. And the 38th Annual Town and Country Dairy Breakfast for Taylor County is, is happening at the Taylor, Taylor County Fairgrounds on Sunday. Serving from 6.30 till noon. So that should fill you up for the weekend. Well, I guess so. And again, we want to thank uh, just a whole bunch of great sponsors. 
Colby Chrysler. You just heard from the folks at Colby Chrysler. I went by there last uh, Friday morning, heading over to Marshfield, and man, they got a lot of beautiful, beautiful Chryslers on the lot there. Colby Chrysler. Also, Marika Gouda in Thorpe and the House of Gouda here in Eau Claire. If you haven't been there in Eau Claire, quite a store up uh, right across from Applebee's. Also, Ag Country Farm Credit Services, the Wisconsin Farmers Union, Security Financial Bank, Tractor Central, Bluff Country Feed and Seed, the Alliance Bank, Arcadia Farm and Home, Stockman's Farm Supply and Osseo, all good supporters of June Dairy Month and uh, our efforts as we uh, try and keep up with uh, the things going on around here for National Dairy Month in Wisconsin. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's almost 10 minutes before 6 o'clock, 64 degrees out there, and it's time to hear from Jim Lindsay and Equity Altoona. Choice beef steers nefers dollar forty five to a dollar eighty. Choice dairy cross steers nefers dollar forty five to a dollar seventy four. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers dollar fifty five to a dollar sixty five. Choice Holstein steers dollar forty five to a dollar fifty four. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers dollar forty four and down. Top twenty percent of the cull cows sold from a dollar three to a dollar sixteen. We had a top of a dollar eighteen. Sixty percent of the cows sold from sixty two to a dollar two. Bottom twenty percent of the cows sold from sixty one and down. Organic market on Tuesday eighty percent of the organic cows sold from a dollar thirty five to a dollar. 52. Bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from $1.34 and down. Gold bulls sold from $1 to $1.20. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95 pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from $200 to $360 per head. Light and pork quality calves sold from $200 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $290 to $595 per head. Our next special feeder sale is this Friday, June 9th, starting at noon. All feeder sales are live on Kettle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Kettle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we got more markets to get to over at the Equity Stratford Barn. Jerry Fitzgerald is up at Adam and with us. Good morning, Jerry. You got a nice sunrise over in Marathon County, huh? Yeah, we do, Bob. Good morning to everyone. And uh, yeah, nice looking sunrise. And uh, and uh, before we uh, do the report from yesterday, I want to throw in another dairy breakfast over here. Edgar FFA alumni and FFA will be having their breakfast on Sunday, June 11th at uh, okay. Scott Miller Farm. So. All right, good. Good, yeah, good. so we got plenty of places to go to eat. Boy, I guess so. That is for sure. Well, uh, let's find out. Uh, the cattle markets uh, stay pretty nice. Tell us about it. Yes, they do, Bob. Thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. A summary from yesterday, Tuesday, here at Equity Stratford. We'll start out with the organic market, and we do, uh, folks, we do sell organic cattle every Tuesday here in Stratford. High yielding uh, certified organic cows on yesterday's auction were selling from 160 to 174. Organic steers and heifers yesterday from 170 to 177. And now we'll get down to the uh, conventional cows. Still pretty good, not quite as high as the organics, obviously, but uh, good market on the conventional cows. High yielding fleshy Holstein cows yesterday's auction, selling from ninety eight to a dollar eighteen. Most of the cows this week selling from seventy seven to ninety seven. Thinner cows, light carcass cows, below seventy five. On the bull trade, better quality bulls, mostly from uh, uh, one ten to one twenty. Lighter weight bulls, one hundred eight and below. Calf market continues to be very, very strong also this week, 175 to 375 on those bull calves. Monday we topped to 395. Heifer calves mostly 50 to 150, up to 175 also on Monday. 
and our good quality beef calves again, three fifty to five fifty. A lot of those black calves at six hundred dollars on Monday's sale. But we got to talk about Wednesday now. We'll get underway this morning here. Full marketing date, of course, in Stratford today. Market cows today. We'll sell fed cattle also this morning, along with the sheep, hog, and goats, baby calves. Uh, feeder cattle sale today will be at 1230. We do have a nice run of feeder cattle. Uh, a lot of good quality Angus cattle today for that sale. That will be at 1230. And don't forget, our next uh, dairy auction will be next Tuesday. we got a large herd for that sale next Tuesday. Uh, over 100 head, complete herd dispersal, hosting dairy cows, spring and heifers. Um, so pre-stall house cows, powder milk, um, TMR fed. Uh, they're on a monthly herd health check. So, again, information on our website. Again, that will be next Tuesday. And also looking ahead a little bit to June here, a lot of busy stuff in June here. Our next uh, beef breeding bull sale, beef breeding bull sale will be on Wednesday, June 21st. you got uh, folks, if you got bulls, We'd like you to let us know. We can put them on the list, uh, advertise them for you. So that will be on the 21st. So, Bob, a lot of stuff going on. Again, folks, do drive careful, along with the field work and everything else. A lot of road construction going on. So um, we've got to respect those guys and uh, because uh, they all have families also. So do be careful when you're around that. So yep. with that, Bob, we'll turn it back to you. All right. We'll take it. Thanks, Jerry. Jerry Fitzgerald with the Equity Stratford Barn. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And our market report being brought to you by Synergy Co-op in the Ridgeland area. Board of Trade yesterday mixed on weather concerns and also the crop ratings overnight. December corn was down a fraction, 540 this morning. The oats up 2 to 3 at 353. December wheat up 7 at 665. November soybeans down a fraction, 1184. Meal unchanged at $368 a ton for that December contract. Cash prices at the elevators. Northside Elevator, loyal location, corn's at five ninety six with soybeans at thirteen twenty. In Arcadia, corn's at six oh six with soybeans at thirteen twenty five. Wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls and Connorsville location, corn's at five eighty one with soybeans at thirteen thirteen. On the DTN screen, corn at Golden Plump today is six oh eight. Baldwin Elevator, five sixty nine, beans twelve ninety nine. Durand also has corn at five sixty nine. The beans twelve ninety four. Mondovi and Elmwood five seventy three on the corn, twelve ninety nine on the beans. At Fall Creek, corn is five fifty nine. Beans twelve sixty nine. Osseo five eighty six and twelve ninety nine. Elk Mound, the corn's five eighty seven. Beans thirteen twelve at Sparta five ninety nine and twelve eighty six. And at Ellsworth, corn's five sixty two. Beans twelve fifty nine. Ethanol plants. Boyceville six zero three. Stanley five ninety nine. New Richmond at five ninety five on the corn today. Barrel cheese up one and three quarters yesterday, one fifty six and three quarters. Blocks up three one forty six a pound, and the butter down two and a half at two thirty seven and three quarters. June class three up a nickel at fifteen twenty four. July up thirty two at sixteen twenty nine. August up thirty at seventeen seventy seven or seventeen seventeen. September and October both up thirteen seventeen eighty seven for September eighteen thirty three for the uh, month of uh, September, month of October, rather. Hey, once again, about 79 today, partly sunny. The haze, hopefully, get out of here, that Canadian wildfire. 63 degrees right now. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report, available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi and the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadah. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.